If nothing else, we're a fairly practical mob. If something's essential to life and we don't have it, well, then we just invent it. A bit like the ute. This is a 1951 Holden ute. Original colour, too, and it goes right back in a long line to about 1932. The story goes that a Victorian farmer said he needed a car to take his missus to church on a Sunday and the pigs to market on a Monday. Oh, easy call. But a man named Lou Brandt, who worked for the Ford Motor Company in Geelong, came up with the answer. He designed a completely new car. It had a comfortable cabin here and a buckboard back there. He called it his coupe utility. Now, the Aussie ute was much loved by the Aussie farmers. In fact, it was copied by car manufacturers right around the world. G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair income Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa, and enjoy Aussie English. G'day guys, what is going on? How are you mob going? Hope you're having a great week. I'm a little bit cold. I'm a little bit chilly. Um, it's winter, obviously. I think, or almost winter. What are we? We're May the 14th. We must be in winter, right? But um, yeah, down in Ocean Grove in the south of Victoria, right around Port Phillip Bay, right near the mouth of Port Phillip Bay, it is cold. So, recently... Kel has convinced me to start using the wood oven that we have in our house where you can put firewood and it heats up the house and that's been really nice. Nice and warm at night, nice and toasty. Although I get a little worried at night when you go to bed and the thing's still going, right? (laughs) You know, you don't want to wake up and the house is burning down around you. Anyway, guys, welcome to this episode of Aussie English. This is the number one podcast for anyone and everyone wanting to learn English, but obviously specifically Australian English, English from an Aussie perspective. Now, guys, that scene at the very start of this episode was from an episode of the 1999 TV series, Our Century, presented by Ray Martin. Now, Ray Martin's a bit of an Australian treasure when it comes to presenting TV shows and the news and everything. He's been, he's been around the block, you know, he's been on the TV since I can remember. But this series was really interesting as it was talking about uh, the car in Australia and its role in Australian culture um, over the last, would have been like 70 years at the time, um, because it was obviously 1999, we were going into the year 2000, into the next millennium, and so they were celebrating that by talking about all of these uh, cool things that happened in the previous century. So, go check that out, guys, on YouTube. It was an interesting video, but I thought it was important because he spoke about the Australian ute, which is what we'll get to in today's Aussie English fact. Now, guys, if you would like to get access to the transcripts and all of the other premium content for this podcast, go to aussieenglish.com.au and for the price of a few coffees a month, you can sign up for the podcast and get everything in there. If you want to get access to all of my course material, all the advanced English courses, um, there's like 60 plus English courses in the Aussie English classroom now. All you need to do is go to, again, aussieenglish.com.au and sign up to the Aussie English 
Classroom, which also gives you access to the podcast material. Okay, so there's those two options. I had people saying to me when I was developing um, the website, I just want access to the podcast material. So, you can just get that if you wish via the premium podcast. And I also had people saying, well, we want um, other course content, uh, stuff for pronunciation, for expressions, vocab, listening. We want interviews with other people, but we also want the podcast too. And that's why there is the Aussie English Classroom. Now, that's growing. I'm putting together a lot of new things in the Aussie English Classroom in the coming months. There is now a forum in there where you guys can ask questions. You can get to know one another. You can talk about certain topics, whatever that may be, English related or not. Uh, We also have the three weekly speaking classes. This is where you guys get together in a group with an English teacher, English teacher Renata at the moment. And she encourages you to talk about different topics so that you can practice your speaking abilities with a teacher, but also with other English learners. And then, obviously, on top of that, I am adding course material about Australia, about English, about grammar, about speaking, pronunciation, everything like that every single week. So, guys, go check that out. It is a great way to upgrade your English. If you're having trouble, you've just arrived in Australia, you're finding speaking difficult, understanding the accent difficult, um, grammar difficult. You can try it for $1 for your first week, guys. So, there's plenty of time to get in there and try it out. And also, if you sign up for that trial, the $1 trial, you can attend all of the speaking classes with Renata, okay? So, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. So, go to www.aussieenglish.com.au and sign up for your $1 trial now. All right, spiel aside, guys. Today's expression is wrap your head around something. To wrap your head around something. Now, I chose this because the last few weeks have been really busy. So, I've been putting together these episodes, but haven't had a chance to work with the students in the Aussie English classroom and let them decide on the expressions because I was doing the... Whew, what was I doing? I was doing the Shepparton Aussie Talk workshop, planning that. I was driving around up and down to Shepparton as well as to Melbourne a few times for some going away parties. So, I have been flat out like a lizard drinking, right? I've been incredibly busy, flat out, flat out like a lizard drinking. So, today's expression, wrap your head around something. Have you heard this before? If you wrap your head around something. I'll define it in a sec, but first let's go through the words in the expression. So, to wrap. If you wrap something, it is that you cover or enclose something in usually paper or soft material, right? If you are- it's Christmas and you're getting to- you're getting together with all your friends and family, you're going to give them prezzies, you know, you're going to give them presents, you're going to give them Chrissy prezzies, Christmas presents. Um, you usually, you wrap them in paper, right? You put the paper around those prezzies, you wrap the prezzies. So, if you wrap something around something, that is to coil or twist something around the outside of something. So, again, you might wrap this paper around the present if you want to be a little bit more descriptive of how you're moving that paper around the prezzy itself, right? But you might wrap a scarf around your neck if it's a cold day. If I went outside today and I was like, it's freezing, I need a scarf. I find a scarf and I put it around my neck, I'm wrapping it around my neck. If I get out of the shower and I get the towel off the hook, 
or off the uh, hanger and I put it around my body, I'm wrapping the towel around my body. And the last word here, guys, head, right? That's me tapping on my head. Your head is the upper part of your body. The part where you have a skull, inside the skull you've got your brain, you've got a mouth with teeth in it, you've got eyes, you've got your nose, you've got your ears, everything like that is in your head, right? I know you guys know the word head. So, the expression to wrap your head around something, to wrap your head around something, do you guys know what this means? If I were to say to you, oh, I just can't seem to wrap my head around this, it means I come to understand something, right? I fully comprehend something. I wrap my head around something. And if I can't wrap my head around something, it means I can't understand something or I can't fully comprehend something. So, if you wrap your head around something, it is that you come to a good understanding of that thing. So, as usual, let's go through three examples of how I would use the expression to wrap your head around something in day-to-day life in English, okay? So, example number one, imagine you're a young man or woman and you have a crush at school or uni, right? And a crush is someone that you have feelings for. They may not know it, but you are... I don't know, you could be in love with them, I guess, but usually it's more of a lust, interest, obsession kind of thing, right? You've got the hots for someone, you've got a crush on someone, they are your crush. So, you're at uni, you're at university, you're at uni or school or at high school, and you've got a crush on this person, they're your crush, and decide one day to bite the bullet and you summon up all the courage that you have and you ask the person out and maybe they say, sure thing. All right, so things have gone your way. The person said, yeah, I'll go out on a date with you. Sure thing. So, you tee up your first date together and you end up going out to have coffee in a nice cozy cafe somewhere in Melbourne, right? Melbourne's renowned for its cafes and its coffee. So, you go out there, you order a large cap or maybe a flat white. Uh, They order a small latte and you seem to really hit it off right from the get-go, right? You seem to get along swimmingly. You get along like a house on fire. You have really good relations with this person right from the beginning, right from the get-go. So, after the date, you might have a smooch, which is an Aussie slang term for a kiss, And then you might go your separate ways and you think, damn, that was an amazing date. I can't wait for date number two. But you never hear from the person again. They ghost you, right? They disappear. You never hear from them again. They ghost you. They're like a ghost. So, you might call up your friends and want to talk to them about what's happened and that you're frustrated, that you don't understand what's happened. And you might tell them, man, I had this great date the other day with my crush from uni but they never replied to me. They disappeared. They ghosted me and I can't wrap my head around it. I don't understand why that's happened. I can't fully comprehend why that's happened. I can't wrap my head around it. Example number two, imagine you are an IT specialist who's just been hired as an intern or a full-time worker at some programming company in Sydney. It's your first day on the job And they set you up with an office and a desk and then introduce you to everyone and show you around the office. You then get down to business and you start trying to get up to speed, right, to catch up to um, everyone else at the company, to what you're supposed to be doing and to understand your job. However, they expect you to learn the ropes to pick things up 
to understand everything incredibly quickly, quicker than you're able to. And so, after a week of trying to learn everything, uh, you still don't really have a good grip of things. You don't really have a good understanding of things. And so, they need to give you more time so that you can wrap your head around things, right? So, that you can get a good handle of things, so that you can have a really good understanding of things, so that you can wrap your head around things, right? To understand it. Example number three. Imagine you're a mechanic who works on cars as your day job. This is what you do for a crust. It's what you do for a living. It's how you earn a living. It's how you make money. So, you're a mechanic and you also love pulling cars apart at home in your spare time and then building them up again from scratch, you know, trying to pull them apart, clean them and then put them together again so that they're in really good condition. Maybe you sell them or maybe you like keeping them. So, you've started a new project recently with a mate and you guys are building up an old Corvette from scratch. And you've run into a few problems with putting the engine together, right? So, maybe you're not too familiar with the type of engine, the type of car, which was the reason you took on this project in the first place because you thought, oh, it's something new. It'll be a challenge. However, on this particular day, it gets a bit too much for you. You can't seem to figure out how to complete the task you're working on. So, you don't seem to be able to wrap your head around it. So, maybe you leave it for another day, you give it a miss that day, you you say, oh, I'll come back to it in a few days, uh, in a week or so when my head's cleared and I can look at it through, um, you know, new eyes. I can see the problem from a different angle. I'll sit down then and I'll wrap my head around it in the future. So, there you go, guys. That's a really good expression to wrap your head around something. And I hope now you have wrapped your head around the expression to wrap your head around something, right? It means to come to a good understanding of something, to fully comprehend something. So, let's go through a little pronunciation exercise, guys, where you can work on your pronunciation in English. We'll go through the expression phrase itself, and then we'll go through a sentence where I conjugate through the different pronouns, okay? So, listen and repeat after me. To. To wrap. To wrap your. To wrap your head. To wrap your head around. To wrap your head around something. 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 Now, that's really interesting. There is a lot of connected speech going on there, right? And reductions in emphasis on the different words. If you want to learn more about that, get into the Aussie English classroom at www.aussieenglish.com.au and go and complete the pronunciation course in there where you'll learn all about contractions, about uh, connected speech, about how to emphasize words. But today, I'll tell you in this phrase, right, to wrap your head around something. How does this phrase change when I say it really quickly? To wrap your head around something. 
There's a lot of things going on there, right? Two at the start gets de-emphasized and we use a schwa vowel sound instead of the oo vowel sound. So, we say t, to wrap, to wrap your head around something. That also sort of happens with the word your. So, you'll notice instead of me saying your head around something, I say your head around something. Yeah, yeah, right? To wrap your head. To wrap your, to your, to wrap your head around something. The last thing I want to tell you there is that the D at the end of the word head becomes a T flap because it's followed by a vowel sound at the start of the word around. So, instead of head around, you're going to hear head around, head around, right? The T flap, head around. That happens with both Ds and Ts when there's a vowel sound on either side. So, let's keep going. I couldn't wrap my head around it. You couldn't wrap your head around it. He couldn't wrap his head around it. She couldn't wrap her head around it. We couldn't wrap our heads around it. They couldn't wrap their heads around it. It couldn't wrap its head around it. Good job, guys. It's not easy, but I really, really emphasize learning connected speech and pronunciation with my students because quite often this allows you to sound a lot more like a native speaker if you really work on this and um, speak much more fluidly and quickly if that's your goal, okay? So, if you're interested in that sort of stuff, remember, go check it out in the Aussie English classroom. So, anyway, how did I get utes? Today, for the Aussie English fact, we're going to be talking about utes, right? Utility vehicles in Australia. But how did I get utes from wrap your head around something? So, I was thinking, okay, wrap your head around something. That's similar to the expression wrap yourself around something which maybe we'll go over in the future. But if you wrap yourself around something, you can say that when you're inviting someone to eat something or consume something, right? If I hand you an ice cream, I might say, oh, wrap yourself around that, right? Wrap yourself around the ice cream, as in put it in your mouth, wrap your mouth around it and eat it. But we can also use this when someone crashes a car into something, because quite often when that happens, the car wraps itself around, you know, say a power pole, It crashes into it, it wraps itself around it. So, I thought, okay, cars, and then I thought, utes. So, today, we're going to talk about the history of utes in Australia. So, what's a ute? A ute, it's a slang term in Australian English, and a ute is just short for the phrase a utility vehicle, or what they would call a pickup, or a pickup truck in the US. That's how they refer to it there, but we call it a ute. These cars are designed to travel over rough terrain. And they have a tray on the back that can carry cargo, equipment, tools, materials, quite often used by tradies in Australia. 
So, today, the stereotype of a ute owner is a young male tradie in Australia, and they're found far and wide all across the land down under. So, how, where, and why was the ute invented? As with most things, in America is where the concept of a two-door vehicle with a tray at the rear began. And it was back in the 1920s with the Roadster Utility Models, aka Roadster Pickup or Light Delivery, where the first ute can sort of trace its ancestry to. In comparison to today's hardtop fixed steel roof utes, which you find in Australia and in America, these cars were soft top convertibles back in the early days. However, Ford Australia is claimed to be the very first company to produce an Australian style ute, which was first released in the year 1934. That's right. Any Holden Ute fans out there who despise Ford Utes know that Ford beat Holden to the punch in terms of creating the Aussie car icon. So, the reason for the creation came from a letter from an unnamed wife of an Australian farmer in the year 1932, who asked for, quote, a vehicle to go to church to on Sunday and which can carry the pigs to market on Monday. Instantly inspired and seeing the appeal and selling strength of the idea, Ford designer Lou Bant set to work designing a two-door body with a tray at the rear for the American Ford Model A chassis, and the model was named the Coupe Utility. When the model made its way to American soil, Henry Ford affectionately nicknamed it the Kangaroo Chaser. Holden was a little slow on the draw and only released their first ute model 16 years after Ford in the year 1951. From that moment, when Holden utes first put rubber to the bitumen, first hit the road, the long-standing Ford-Holden rivalry kicked off. Once the 50s rolled by, it was on for young and old, with numerous other car manufacturers having noticed the appeal of the ute and putting their own takes on it into production. Chrysler, British Leyland and Hillman all started releasing their own models in the 1950s. And in later years, Asian car companies such as Nissan, Proton, Subaru, Suzuki and even Toyota also got in on the action. However, None of the other brands stood the test of time and achieved the same level of fame and notoriety of the Ford and Holden models. So, the cultural impact of the ute in Australia. For the past 80-odd years or more, the ute has embedded itself further and further into Australian culture, particularly in more rural parts of the continent. A common occurrence today are ute musters, which are Aussie festivals that bring together large numbers of utes and their owners. And these farm parties usually include competitions and other side events taking place annually and normally lasting several days. You know, they're a real festival and are held all throughout rural and regional parts of Australia and even New Zealand. Quite often, Attendees have heavily customised their utes with bull bars, spotlights, oversized mud flaps, exhaust pipes and UHF aerials. Since the year 1998, the ute muster held in Daniloquin, more affectionately known as the Denny Ute Muster, has become a major attraction for the region. And don't worry. 
If you're not located in a regional or rural area, there are high-performance street utes including Ford's FPV F6 and Holden's HSV Maloo, each of which are ridiculously high-powered 6-litre V8s, producing up to 425 kilowatts or 570 horsepower. You can get these and you can hoon around the cities in them. And if you're a bit more of an old school rev head at heart, there are plenty of older Ford and Holden Ute models from the 50s, 60s, 70s and onwards that you can lash out on and buy, albeit for a pretty penny, as ones in good nick are few and far between these days. You'll often see convoys of these cars out and about on weekends as club members get together and go on road trips or attend meetups. Anyway, guys, my question for you today is, have you seen a ute down under in Australia? And if you haven't, make sure you keep an eye out for them in the future as there are bucket loads of them in Australia. Anyway, thanks so much for joining me today, guys. It's always a pleasure and I hope to see you in the next one. Peace out. G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to the Aussie English Podcast. If you'd like to boost your English whilst also supporting the podcast and allowing me to continue to bring you awesome content every single week, please consider joining the Aussie English Classroom at www.aussieenglish.com.au and start your $1 trial today. You'll get unlimited access to the premium podcast as well as all of my advanced English courses and you'll also be able to join three weekly speaking calls with a real English teacher. Thanks so much, mate, and I'll see you soon.